Hi, this is Mike Opperman with another version of Boba News Chats, and we're here today with Dr. David Prentice from Elanco Animal Health. Welcome, Dr. Prentice. Good morning. How are you? Uh, we're doing fine. Today, we're going to talk about colostrum management. And a lot of folks think about colostrum management after it gets out of the cow, and today we're going to talk about colostrum development inside the cow. And Dave, you've got some interesting research that you've done looking at the difference between vaccination protocols. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, you bet. Um, so yeah, colostrum management inside the cow. So, you know, the, the things we think about are, are cow health, nutrition, and then vaccination protocols. And uh, my recent research here focused on the, the vaccination protocol side of things. And we were looking at a couple different vaccines and the amount of antibody that they subsequently put into the colostrum that the calf would ultimately consume. So talk about um, what needs to be done inside the cow for good colostrum management in terms of getting antibodies ready to go into that colostrum. Yeah, so uh, the, the act of making colostrum is colostrogenesis. And it's interesting, if you look in the literature and, and try to find literature on colostrogenesis, a lot of it comes back to um, a single study that was done in Australia in 1971. So there's really not, the, the, the colostrogenesis act is not really well defined as far as timing, but somewhere in that five to eight weeks is probably when colostrogenesis starts. Um, and we know it's more Ig IgG1 than IgG2, but so that so from a colostrogenesis standpoint, what we can do with the cow, one of the things we can do with the cow, is vaccination, and that's what my recent uh, research study evaluated. So, what's the difference between cows that are vaccinated and those that aren't? Do we really see that much of a difference? Yeah, actually, we did. So, um, the study we did, we took a commercial dairy. Um, that was not uh, vaccinating their cows. They had not been vaccinating their cows uh, at all for scours. So uh, we, we decided to take two vaccines and we evaluated bovine coronavirus and bovine rotavirus and both serum and colostrum. And then we had some unvaccinated controls. So what we did is we, we took cows, we followed the label for the, for the different vaccines. So scour bus was one of the vaccines that we used and we followed the labels to the vaccines and we bled cows before we vaccinated them before the booster dose and then two weeks prior to calving and then colostrum and what we what we clearly saw uh, was with the scour boss cows scour boss cows always outperformed the unvaccinated controls um, after after vaccination and certainly in colostrum, which is what was my main focus was colostrum because that's what goes to the calf. The blood doesn't go to the calf, the colostrum does. So scour boss clearly outperformed um, the unvaccinated controls and both of the viruses tested and it outperformed the other vaccine with one of the viruses, but not, but not the other. That's interesting. Then what about timing of vaccination? You know, we. We talked about you know vaccinating cows in the dry period, but when when should we be thinking about vaccinating cows in terms of scours protection? Yeah, great question, and and I guess I think of this immunologically. Um, so if indeed colostrogenesis 
is starting around five weeks or so prior to calving, then it would make sense to me that we would have the most amount of antibodies available in the blood to be transferred to the colostrum around that five weeks of calving. So I, I really like that. You know, that's the nice thing that uh, I think with the Scour Boss product is we have a six to eight week window on the on the annual boosters so after the first year the the window's actually longer on the first year with the first dose but annually we can do that vaccine um six to eight weeks prior to to calving and i think that gives us a nice date a nice range to get multi, maximum antibody in the blood to transfer to that colostrum through colostrogenesis so that's really a, a great point, and as I, as I said before, I don't know that folks really think about colostrum management inside the cow. So uh, anything else you'd like to add for folks that are listening? Uh, no, I think that's it, and just, uh, you know, inside the cow is one thing, but then, then harvesting it and all of the other stuff is, is certainly important too. There's, there's lots of components, and, you know, we can make great quality colostrum with good vaccination programs, but then we can break it once we take it out of the cow. So got to pay attention to all of the aspects. Yeah, that's, a, that's probably another hour conversation about once it gets out of the cow. So uh, for now, we'll just leave it right there uh, with colostrum management inside the cow. And again, this is Mike Opperman with uh, Bova News Chats. And uh, thanks, Dr. Prentice, for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Uh, thanks and again. Another issue with Bova News Chats and uh, check out more information on bovanews.com.